Yeah. It's the five tool podcast. That's right, it's the five tool podcast. I hope you enjoyed that first 40 seconds of the show. We're back. Black Josh, you good? I'm good. Seamus, you good? I'm good. Seamus is good. Kill a cow, you good? Kill a cow. Where's Kyle? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I, I ran into him at the gym and Mickey said to just leave him alone. <laughs> That's Sylvester Stallone for all of you. Kyle is not here with us today. He has gotten the coronavirus. We're very sorry. He's quarantined right now somewhere. They're feeding him Taco Bell and Skittles. Three what? square meals of a day. Taco Bell and Skittles. Well, you got to get the coronavirus. Fuck it. I want to sniff my jerseys. Well, that's right. We're back. It's leap day, everyone. Oh, goody. February 29th. Woo. How does that make you feel? Don't care. Well, I, I prepared a couple of leap day questions for you. Oh, goody. See I'm if, so excited. See if you guys can get behind me here. I'm riveted. Riveted. All right. Riveted. What, what do athletes wear on leap day? No idea. Jumpsuits. Oh, <laughs> that was a real knee slapper. Uh. Next. I think my Alexa told better jokes than that. <laughs> what do surgeons perform on leap day? I don't know. Operations. Wow, that's fucking stretching it. <laughs> that is stretching it. Next. That's all I got. Oh, thank God. <laughs> Moving on. But yeah, it's February 29th, 5 Tool Podcast. Brewers are 4-2 and two in spring training this year. Thanks to Arcia. Thanks to Arcia. He's got three dingers. We'll get to that in a little bit. They won a four. You're all right there. Perfect. Clap there. Thank you, everyone. Thank you. I'll be here all night. I'll be here at least for the hour with the 5 Tool Podcast. Um, that was a plus for Arcia. Oh, Okay. So yeah, uh, Brewers won today, 4-3 game against the Scrubs. Um, nice little game by the offense there. Uh, Logan Morrison also hit a three-run jack. All runs scored off home runs today. RC got a first pitch, first inning dinger today. That will be his third of the season. One thing I want to say is the Brewers pitching staff so far in the spring has been a really big strong part, point, kind of like we predicted um, they haven't given up any more five, than five runs in those six games, and uh, the second most was three runs. So, so far, they're holding their opponents in nine innings to under three runs in all games but one so far. So the pitching really has been a strong suit, and that's with using basically a pitcher per inning. I know Woodruff yesterday had, uh, he gave up one run in, in one inning, but other than that, our pitching has been pretty solid. What do you guys think of the, the Brewers' spring training so far? Honestly, I haven't watched a whole lot of it because I, I don't really watch a whole lot of spring training. Let's talk about that. But. So Fox is having issues right now, right, uh, with um, YouTube TV? It's not Fox. It's it's the owners of Fox Sports Wisconsin, which is Signia or, Signia? Some, Signia or some shit like that. Yeah, they're going through some contract negotiations with uh, YouTube TV. 
they're planning on they couldn't get a deal done or something, so they're going to be pulling Fox Sports Wisconsin. Well, they, they've extended it for the negotiation terms. For the for, for the negotiation. However, period. YouTube TV is not the only one having problems. Sling has also already dropped them. Uh, f- there's two other ones for sure that have already dropped Fox Sports Wisconsin because they did not come to an agreement with Signia. Yeah, there's been issues in years past with Fox having problems getting deals done with different cable providers as well. I wonder where that comes from. You They're think, just asking too much money is all it is. Yeah, and it's, it's really upsetting. We've talked about this on the show in the past about how Major League Baseball doesn't seem to do enough in terms of giving access to their fans and in terms of streaming services and stuff. I know me and Seamus have the issue every year, year in and year out, where you got to get the MLB.com subscription and you got to get the Fox Sports subscription through your cable provider or through Hulu or whatever whatever service provider you have. You have to get multiple just in order to watch your own home teams plus watch the rest of the games. What are your thoughts on that, James? I just, as as we've said before, I, I, think, I think it's bullshit. Um, baseball in popularity is declining, and yet it is the one sport that is so difficult for you to be able to see the team you want to see. Yeah, and if they want to grow the sport, you'd think they'd want to make it as accessible as, say, football. I mean, or college basketball. I, I swear to God, there's a game on every day at any given time on either ESPN2, ESPN. It's on ABC. NBA games are all over the place. It's like there's, there's always even racing you can find on Fox. I mean, in, during the season, you only get one Fox game. I mean, you get Sunday Night Baseball, and then you get, like, one Fox game in the afternoon, and it's usually, like, a Red Sox and Yankees, Dodgers. It's so hard to find any baseball on, 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 you know, normal TV. But maybe I'm just the cheapo that needs to get cable, right? You definitely need to get cable. <laughs> At least some sort of cable. Well, yeah. you should probably start off with getting internet and then go from there. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm still able to watch games. I don't, I don't miss games usually. I, I got it on my phone. I use a lot of data to do it, but I, I still manage to get the games in. Or I listen the old school way. I listen to Euchre. I mean, there is nothing wrong with listening to Euchre. There's nothing. He he paints such a picture that it's like you don't even need Yeah, but to... he doesn't even broadcast all innings anymore. Yeah, it's home games. He's and always, he's always walking away doing some other shit. Yeah. That's so true. most of the time, it's not even him. But still, I like. I, I don't know. There's still something about listening to a game. That's kind of the beauty of baseball. You can't listen to a football game and get the picture painted that you are with baseball, even with basketball. You're not able to get that's that. That's because those announcers suck. Yeah, there's just there's some, there's something nice about, you know, you're on the fucking fishing boat. In the middle of summer, and you get to listen to a game, you can you can kind of casually listen to it. That's the beauty. You might of go, ba- you might pass Euchre in his fishing boat. Yeah, no kidding. <laughs> I swear, he could have a TV in the boat in the middle of Lake Michigan, charter fishing with a headset on, and he can watch the game and call it on the radio if they wanted to. And he, you would still know exactly what the hell's going on. Yeah, that's and that's you know people talk about how slow baseball is, and they're trying to speed it up so much. Well, that's kind of the beauty of it. You can go through your daily life and listen to baseball and. and and still be able to enjoy the game. You could look at a score sheet for baseball and know exactly what happened in the game, and that's another beautiful thing about baseball, if you know how to keep score and read it. But, yeah, they think it's too slow. They want home runs. They want offense. They're going to juice the balls and all that. I actually still do that when I go to a ballpark. I fill out a scorecard. It's fun. There's something special about that. I've literally never done that. We should do it one Well, and, and, and younger generations... I, I walk in, I get a scorecard, and I've, I've even taken my kids to ball games. And I'll ask them for a scorecard, and my kids will ask me, well, what the hell is that? And it's like, I can follow along, and I can see what goes on. And they're like, well, how are you going to be able to tell just from a piece of paper? And I'll say, At the, by the time the game is over, when, when we're all done, we walk out, 
I'll let you take a look at it on the ride home. And sure as shit, they're looking at that scorecard and they say, Dad, I, I rewatched the entire game on that piece of paper. Yeah, you really can. And that's kind of the cool thing. If you go to a game that's like iconic, say like Braun hits his you know, 400th home run of his career, you can keep that scorecard, fucking frame it, and then it's a keepsake and you, and it, you remember your time at the game and you remember everything that happened. You can relive it without having to go on YouTube. It's like the YouTube before there was YouTube for watching baseball. Um, getting back to spring training, I, I, I do want to focus on Arcia in particular. Of course you do. As I always do, as I have ever since we started the show and you know, ever since he was in double-A blocks, he have been following this kid. He's, he's, he's still my favorite brewer personally. You were giving up on him at last year. I, don't I, I was talking a lot of shit, but it was hard to root for the guy when even his defensive metrics went down last year, and that's what his, his highlights Your defensive be. metrics went down. Yeah, possibly. I, I'm not so defensive like I used to be. Anyways, but in um, this, the six games of, of spring training so far, RC is batting 385. His OBP, his on-base percentage is 400 even. His OPS, get this, 1540. That's in 13 um, at-bats. He's got eight RBIs already, scored three runs, only five hits to get those numbers. And he's got only one strikeout. That's probably the best thing of all in this. Three home runs and only one strikeout in 13 at-bats. That's probably the longest stretch Arcia in his professional career has gone without striking out. What do you guys think of his production so far? At the plate. I'm not surprised at all. Because I'm pretty sure I called it. <laughs> that I said, comeback or breakout player for the Brewers this year. You did say, RC's going to have a comeback He's year. fucking doing it. What do you think, James? I say, let's see how the spring shapes out and if he can carry this over. Because oh, that's going to be the big, well, that's going to be the big question. Oh, he's gonna. You, you have guys that year in and year out, you've got some guys do it every year and then other, other guys... You know, they change back and forth, but you'll have a guy that'll have a fantastic spring. That is, that is a big thing in, in, in baseball. Will you? There's those guys who are Hall of Famers in spring training, but when it comes to, you know, in-game situations, they seem to fall you know, apart. They, they work their ass off to make that opening day roster, and then once opening day hits, it's, they forget how to field, or they, they forget how to work at the plate. Yeah, that's kind of a, that was Jesus Aguilar a lot. He had like three good springs in a row, found his way on the roster because of his great spring training in 2018, 2018 and he, he's given us three good months of baseball in his entire career in, in, in regular season play. Um, a couple of things about Arcia that um, I was looking at the Brew Crew Ball article about it, and so he's... He, his leg kick is a lot lower. His front leg, when he kicks it, it's, it's, it's a lot lower than it used to be, which is, I mean, theoretically, it's keeping him planted and in place, and that, and that helps his timing as well because he's not kicking the leg too early and swinging late on pitches and slapping the ball like he's been historically, you know, that's been his, his moniker. Now, Andy Haynes, when he was hired before the 2019 season, that's our, that's our hitting coach, he said the player he's most excited to work with was Orlando Arcia. And Jacob Cruz, who was hired before this season as the assistant hitting coach, he said the exact same thing in an interview. In his introductory interview with the Milwaukee Brewers, he said the player he was most excited to work with was Orlando Arce and get that guy hitting again because he's such a talent that we've seen on, on defense. And we've seen him in the minor leagues level. When he was, when he was coming up, he had, he had something that, that they saw at the plate as well as defensively. He could be a five-tool player. He's got the speed on the bases. He's got the defense. 
not necessarily going to hit for power, but we're seeing it so far in 13 at-bats. This spring, he's got three home runs. He's hitting for power better than anybody else on the roster who's played so far. Um, and, yeah, like I said, speed of the base pass. And if he can hit for average or at least around 280, he's going to be a staple on this team for what years to come. What year did he get called up? Um, he got called up in 2016. 16. Late 2016 and, and became a starter in 2017 along with Jonathan VR. Um, so, yeah. But then there's the Luis Urias factor that comes into play. And that's kind of Black Josh, what you had speculated in previous shows, that when we talked about this is that now that there's a competition for shortstop, then maybe that's lit a fire under Arcia's ass, little El Nino, and maybe that's to, to be something to be said about that in terms of Arcia's uh, more production that we're seeing at the plate. What do you think? What was the question? So I'm reading stats, sorry. Louis Sirius and, and lighting a fire under Arcia's ass. Yeah, that's that's what I think. But so I'm looking at some stats for his for Arcia's spring training. Just spring training stats. And so his first spring training was 2012. And he had one one at bat and he had one hit. So that's perfect. But since then I mean, his average hasn't been bad. He goes up and down a lot. 455 one year, 211 another year. But the last couple of years, he's at 333 in 2018, 304. Oh, wait, no, that's his on base, sorry. Hey. So 333 in 2018 still, 278 in 2019. And then now 385 this year so far. Yeah, those are all respectable numbers. And, and, and yeah, I mean, that... You got to attribute some of that, like you're seeing different pitchers, you're seeing guys who aren't major league level talent pitching to you. Yep. But heck, if, if he's at 385 now, you can drop that by 100 points and bring that in the regular season, and he's still a respectable hitter. At two, I will take him at 285 all day for the rest of his career if he can yeah. do that. Um, so yeah, but in, in the Urias factor, he's, Urias is three years younger than Orlando RC, which doesn't matter. RC is 25. Yeah. He's still young. He's still got the best of his years ahead of him if he can if he can get it together. They both have similar numbers. If you look at Luis Sirius's numbers, they're virtually identical for major league play appearances. Granted, Urias has only played one season at the major league level, about 250 at bats. The reality is this: this is Arcia's last shot to make a with make a Brewers, statement yeah, with the crew. Sure. If he doesn't make it happen this year, he's getting dealt. He's yeah, getting dealt for sure, dealt. and he'll get dealt fast and early. And we'll probably get decent for him, no yeah. matter what. Yeah, just because of the potential, maybe. Well, I think we will get a really, really halfway decent, you know, halfway, if not very decent uh, but return I don't, on I don't that. even think we should be talking negatively about him right now. No, I'm not. I just, don't need any negative thoughts towards Orlando RC. I'm just kind of speculating. Like, if he goes to a team that's known for, like, transforming hitters or something, I think Boston's kind of a team like that, where they've been known to take a guy who wasn't too well on another roster and turning him into something, or you, you get him in the right... Maybe he's just not on the right team, and maybe you send him somewhere else, and he, he gets more disciplined. And I think that's where, where, what it really comes down to, is his discipline. And I know Eric Agnew alluded to this last time we talked to him, is maybe Orlando Arce is just not a disciplined, disciplined player. You see him having fun. When Aguilar was on the team, those two were like the jokers on the team. They were always joking around. I remember one at bat where Jesus Aguilar came to the plate, 
and Arcee had stuck candy. Swedish fish. Your Swedish fish in the batting helmet of Aguilar. That. And even that, that was the point where Aguilar was just kind of shaking his head. He's like, man, this guy's taking this shit so far. But that's what I love about him. I he's love a, it. He's a clubhouse presence. He's the guy, he's the last, like I've said this before, he's the last guy in the gauntlet when a guy hits a home run given that last hug. He's, he's a, everyone fucking loves him. Him and Braun, they had a bobblehead together because they were such good friends and they were such good, you know, teammates together. They want him to succeed. They've invested in RCA. He was signed as a 16-year-old from the amateur leagues in yep. 2010. It's 16 years old. They've had faith in this guy going on... Nine years. Nine years already, since he was a teenager. They've invested a lot in him. They want to see him succeed just as much as we do. And I know a lot of fans have given up on him. I know you think I've given up on him, but I never have. He's still you the, gave up on him. He's still the only current Brewers jersey that I own is Orlando Arcia. He is still my favorite player. But I want to ask you guys seriously and pointedly, when September rolls up, September 1st, who's playing, who's playing shortstop? Who's playing the six? We can't, you can't even say that right now because you don't know. I just want your speculation. I want to know what you I guys think. I think it's going to be Arcio. You think so? I think so. I'm going to say it's going to be Urias. You're going to say it's Urias? Mm-hmm. I think and not, not, just, not just to be contradictory. I just... Because the proof is in what we've already seen. The sample size we've been given tells me that Arcia is going to fall off. He's going to be mediocre at best. That's given his track record. Wow. You guys have both given up on Arcia. <laughs> I, was never, I was never up on Arcia. I mean... Rob's been up on him. <laughs> I helped him get a girlfriend. Or at least... In spring training, I know I've told this story before that I helped him get a phone number because there was a language barrier between him and this girl who was working at the what's now American Family Fields of Phoenix, but at Maryville Ballpark, I helped him get a phone number when I was down there. That was, right. my, that was my proudest moment as a Brewers fan, probably. And now you gave up on him. I've never given up on him. You have given up on him. Now, here's the beauty of Look. Urias, okay? He's played second base. He's played third base. So, even if... Arcia maintains his, his status as the Brewers' starting shortstop come September. There's still a place for Urias. Yeah. Yeah, but as we talked about on either the last show or two shows ago, we've got a lot of utility-style, multiple infield position players. And, you know, you've got guys that have, have a lot more tenure whether it be with the Brewers or MLB time. So, you know, you you got to make sure that there's time and and space for Urias. Right. If he's not, if he does, if he doesn't, and I'm not saying that I'm rooting for this to happen. I just, that's, I just gave my opinion. I'm not saying that I'm rooting for him to unseat Arcia. But if he doesn't, you've got to look at the depth chart all the way around the infield. Because there are a lot of multi-positional guys that we have on this roster. There is there is very much so. And I'll look at it in these two, these two kind of prisms. One, if we're in it in September. And one, if we're out of it in September. So if you're in the mix in September, yeah, you're going to have Jed Jerko. You're going to have Brock Holt. You're going to have Eric Sogard. Just because of the age and the and the experience. If you're out of it come September, if you're in third place and you have no chance of winning that division, yeah, give you got to go with the young guy. You got to, you know, yeah. you got to go. See, let him prove his medal in September. Yeah, then you then you let him because start every day. Because at that point, the Brewers 
if the Brewers aren't playing for a playoff position, they're, they can, they're in a position where they can still be playing spoiler. Yeah. And how good is this kid? Yeah, at then, that point, then, that, I agree one hundred percent. Since we're not going to have the forty man come September this year, I mean, yeah, that's the time when you got to you got to give him his playing time. Let him start every day come September if RC is you know hitting better at him at that point. So I'll, I'll, I'll bring this question over to you, Josh. Though, um, if they're both hitting two fifty come September, who do you give it to, the young kid or Arcia? I'll tell you in one second. <laughs> he's he's looking up stats on Arias. The numbers are not good. His major league numbers are not good. But he's also 20. He was 21 at the time. He was in a Padres organization. You know, there's... So last year, Urias had a 927 fielding percentage. That's not great. Last year, Arcia had a 976, I believe, fielding percentage. Okay, okay. And that's even after his down... Yeah, they, they'd say his metrics went down last year in the defensive category. So as far as I'm concerned, just defensively, if they're both hitting 250, you got to put RC in there. His yeah. defense is better if you're in the mix. Yeah, if you're in the mix for sure. Yeah. So. It, yeah, yeah it's, it's hard to say either way. But. Yeah, so like we said, it's it's a make or break year for Orlando Arcia as a Milwaukee Brewer. It it's not make or break for his career. There's plenty of other teams who would love to start him. I'm sure. Oh, yeah. but, um, just he, he won't have a hard time finding somewhere else to go if it comes to that. I would just hate to see that. I would hate to see that. He was he was our he was our last other than Keston Hira. I mean, before Keston Hira, he was our last you know big prospect. You know, the one who was on the top 100 all the time. You know, always in the mix, always looking good. Was it Woody of, one of ours? Yeah, Woody. Well, he, he wasn't like a top top. He was never top ten. I don't think. I don't even know if he was ever top 30 prospects. We, we drafted him, right? We did. We yeah. did. But he And there's another one too. Nobody knew that Woody was going to turn out to be the way he was he was going to be. I remember I was at a game when he was supposed to make his major league debut in St. Louis and he got injured, didn't start, but he was never a guy to write home about coming up. Um I think Freddie Peralta kind of was, but they actually brought him up earlier than he than we thought he would. But yeah, RC was our last, you know, big prospect before Keston Hira to come up and I don't so here's my question though now. So looking at Urias's offensive stats, he still is worse than fucking Arcia. In the last two years his average has been two oh eight and two twenty three. Yeah, well they're yeah, they're they're looking at age too. Arcia had the same kind of numbers, but they saw the upside the, the way the same way they're looking at Urias and seeing the upside. But like you said, I, overall coming up, RC was a better looking player than Arias. And he he hasn't he's only played in eighty three games in his career. Yeah, he's a kid. Well, yeah, but yeah, I mean, so I guess it's not a very big sample size, but still. So yeah, we'll see how RC pans out this year. It's make or break for him. But yeah, like I said, the Brewers have invested a lot in him as a player and as a prospect coming up. Time will tell. Spring will tell, and we'll see what happens when. How Arcia is playing when Arias comes back. The problem for Arcia is he doesn't have much time. It's whenever that hand gets better for Arias that they're gonna they're gonna make a decision, and they're probably gonna give Arias some time once he's back. So let's hope let's hope Arcia's figured this shit out. Let's hope he's not falling for low and outside sliders and embarrassing himself like he did so much in the last two years. Oh, it was cool. just. It's just painful to watch. It's so ugly, man. It'd be like a two. It'd be like a three-two count, and you'd be fucking swinging on that. Fifty-six strikeouts and two hundred fifteen at bats for Urias. Yeah. So. 
Between the two of them, they're pretty similar. They're pretty honestly. similar in a lot of ways, other than I think Garcia has the better defensive metrics. Yeah. That, that's what I'm saying. All right. All right. So Moving on. I think, it's a, I think it's a make or break for both of them. Well, I don't think it's a make or break for a 22-year-old. Oh, it is. For the Brewers. I'm not sure what the contract looks like for him. I know we got him in the Zach Davies deal, and they're pretty high on him. Anyways, so... MLB, a, a certain MLB scout, uh, I don't know the guy's name, he said that the Astros will need riot teams and SWAT teams for protection from the Yankees fans come the September series where the Astros visit Yankee Stadium. What do you guys think of how the Astros so far have been treated in spring training? What do you think of... I think it's light. They should be getting way worse. <laughs> kind of. There's all these videos of hecklers. There's been seven Astros beams so far, and I think that one video we watched, that shit was hilarious. Yeah, they, that was kind of funny because they were actually bantering back and saying like, "Well, keep buying tickets to our games. Go ahead, keep buying tickets to our games if you want to shit on us. You're, you're still paying yeah. us." And he said, uh, "He said I'll keep buying them just to do this to you." And he just sat there and heckled them like all game. The interesting thing, and I wanted to point out, point this out in the first week of the spring training, is that. I'm sure you guys have seen the videos that the staff at the Astros' home ballpark for spring training is not allowing fans to have signs. They're confiscating signs from the fans. Like before they walk in? Like they're, they're standing, the video I saw, they're standing in the stands at the game and there's an associate who works for the team who's walking up and saying, give me your signs, give me your signs, and they're, and they're handing over their signs to this certain employee. What do you guys think of that? I think it's hilarious. I think that's hilarious. I think it's a little messed up that they'd be confiscating signs. Like, I don't care if it's your home ballpark. Like, let the fans... You know, they're not swearing. I don't think. I don't think the signs had cuss words. I don't think they had any, any choice words. I think it was just sign-stealing scandal mumbo-jumbo. Um, yeah, and... I mean, making a sign that, that's ripping the team for what what's going down, it's no different than at the heart of the Red Sox-Yankees rivalry to... to See, see a, uh, a shot of the stands at, at Fenway and guys wearing t-shirts that say Dare Jeter drinks wine coolers or A-Rod P's standing up. Yeah. I mean, he, who cares? Why, why are we attacking fans? Like, these are the ones paying to go in the ballpark if you're not having cuss words and stuff. And even if you are, like, yeah, I can see a t-shirt having a cuss word and getting away with it, but not signs, but these are the ones paying to get into the ballpark. How, how are you going to confiscate their signs? Like, you you made your bed, you know, sleep in it. So one it, person signed that they they took, it just said, the Houston Asterix is what it was. And they took that for the Asterix they took that. sign. Yep. There's a sign, I saw this picture today, there's a sign outside of, uh, um, it must be uh, Minute Maid Park. Yeah, that's, that's Minute Maid. And it's, it's the 2017 World Champions. It's this big, like, statuesque looking contraption, and somebody put an asterisk in front of the 2017 champions. Like That's a, awesome. The cardboard love asterisk. Love it. Yeah, it's fun. As far as police presence and riot gear come September, I mean, let's be honest, it is the Bronx. It is the Bronx, it is Yankees fans. I mean, that, yeah. that doesn't surprise me at all. They're pretty. They're pretty bad. Would you say that this rivalry between the Astros and Yankees is now bigger than the Red no. Sox Yankees no. right now? No. no, probably not. No, because you have so many years of that Yankee Red Sox rivalry. Yeah. This now, if this is something that if if Houston can move past this and maintain relevance and hold their place, and if they can do it going forward, if they can do it cleanly. 
and they can maintain a, a top presence in baseball, then I think it can eventually get to a point where it's close to it, but years, history, players, proximity of New York to Boston, I don't think you're ever going to find a rivalry that eclipses the Red Sox Yankees rivalry. It is it has been historically the best rivalry in sports history. I mean all the playoff games between them, it's just it's just a sexy sexy rivalry for something well, Kyle even, even like. non-playoffs. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you you go back to the the 70s and you have Pudge Fisk and Thurman Munson, you know, the two catchers going back and forth. And you got I mean, it's it's unbelievable. Yeah, it is a historically just great rivalry. Rivalry. I'm just saying right now, in the prism of 2020, going into the season, we... Luke Croy, he's a loser. Jonathan Luke Croy, <laughs> we hate you. Don't ever come on the show. Um, well, I don't think any of us think the Red Sox are making the playoffs this year, do we? Mm-mm. No, they're not. They're, they're in a... For what could be called the rebuild, which isn't going to be a very long. They're going to be back in it in two years. Chris Sale's going to miss opening day. I mean, they're a mess. They're a complete mess. They just traded Mookie Betts. But it's not going to be long before the Red Sox are back in it. But for right now, going into 2020, Red Sox are making the World Series. They're not making the playoffs. Houston's still good. They robbed Aaron Judge, arguably, of an MVP award in 2017. They, I mean, you could speculate that they robbed the Yankees of a chance at the World Series. Twice, I mean, granted the Yankees didn't score any runs, and very I know Sabathia is pissed about that. Yeah, we gotta remember though. I mean, when you're really looking at it, the Yankees didn't score very many runs against Justin Verlander, Garrett Cole, uh, you know, <laughs> Zach Greinke last year. Um, but you, you could, I mean, that's how the Yankees fans feel. And like you said, CC Sabathia, they feel like they were robbed of an MVP, two World Series opportunities by a team that was stealing signs and cheating. So I, I, and the Astros, I think, are still going to remain good. I think they're still going to win the West. They're going to be in the playoffs, and so are the Yankees. I think that that's making this rivalry a lot more sexy to me than the, the Boston-Yankees rivalry at this point in 2020. Wouldn't you agree? I don't think anything's going to ever come close to Boston-Yankees. In the past, rivalry. but I'm talking about this year right now. Well, yeah, you can't compare one year to however I, many years of history. And, and I'm not ready to... I'm not ready to stamp this whole thing a bona fide rivalry yet. Um, yeah, I think it is. They don't even meet until fucking September. Well, right. at least in Yankee Stadium. Right. And, they meet you know, I'm, I'm not ready to stamp it a rivalry, but as far as competition, it is going to shape up to be the most competitive matchup. Yes. But I, I don't know if I'd stamp it a rivalry. I guess we'll see how it turns out after this year because none of this came out, you know, earlier in order for it to be a rivalry before this. But I think this year, this is going to be the biggest rivalry in baseball. It's not going to be Cubs-Brewers. It's not going to be Giants-Dodgers because, I mean, there's it's the playoff implications and stuff that go into Giants-Dodgers isn't even going to be Giants-Dodgers this year. No. I mean, Giants aren't even in it. They don't even have Mad Bum anymore, which we should talk about. Was it Mason? You guys know what I'm talking about? Mason, look up the rodeo. I know you're looking for okay. We'll talk about that in a minute. But I, I honestly think that that's the, the rivalry to look forward to. And I think, I, I would say, 
this year, those games are going to be a hell of a lot more heated than the Yankees-Red Sox games. When asked when the Astros come to Yankee Stadium, every player is going to get booed. Every at bat, they're going to get booed like Ryan Braun does in the outfield the entire games. When Jose Altuve comes up, I wouldn't doubt it if he gets pelted with shit from the crowd. And I'm serious. I think that might actually happen. Yeah, but there again, that's Yankee fans. I don't put anything past Yankee fans. <laughs> Me neither. They, I am a Yankee fan. Yankee fans would throw shit at their own mother. Yeah. Legitimately. If, if, she, she, if, she was, if she was in a drought at the plate and batting 083, Yankee fans would th- throw shit at their mother at the plate. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah. Without even thinking twice about it. Yeah, and I think that that makes this rivalry more interesting than a Boston-New York one this year for sure. Just this year, though. And next it could year, continue. Next year it's going to be... Even if, what if the Yankees lose to them in the playoffs again? That ain't going to happen. It could. That ain't going to happen. Well, if it does, the, the microscope is so narrow on the Astros this year. If it happens this year, it's clean. I don't think there's going to be any argument as to whether or not it's legit. As to what's legit. If, if the Astros beat the Yankees in a series. I don't even the think the Astros are going to make the playoffs. That's ridiculous. I don't think they're going to. I think the I, think, I think between all the fucking teams booing them every fucking game, it's going to get to their head. You know and what I think? They're going to start fucking slumping. I, I completely disagree. I think the Astros are going to use that as fuel. They're going to have a chip on their shoulder this year. What do you want to bet? I bet the Yankees are in the ALCS this year. I mean, the, I'm sorry. Uh, they will be in the ALCS. I bet the S is going to be Astros, Yankees, ALCS yet again. But it's going to be Yankees-Dodgers World Series. But it's going to be Yankees. Well, that's what I picked earlier. But, yes, I think it's going to be Astros. And, and as I said, as long as Dave Roberts is managing the Dodgers, they're not winning a World Series. Yeah, they That's are. stretching it. That's stretching it. What do you think he is, Andy Reid? <laughs> Andy Reid's got a Super Bowl. Yeah, now he does, finally. Yeah, he's, he's the best coach in football. I know, and he just now finally won his first thing. There's a whole big thing about the Andy Reid curse. He'll never win a Super Bowl. Blah, blah, blah. I bet he shut them fuckers up. Well, according to Seamus, Andy Reid didn't win anything. Uh, he, the San Francisco 49ers lost it. But yeah, I, I honestly think I think the Astros are going to use this as a chip on their shoulder. They're going to win 95 games this year, between 93 and 95 games. They're going to they're gonna run away with the ALS, just like they do every year. I think sign-stealing had... I don't think it had that much to do with them winning. I'll tell you that. Their, their, their road numbers that year in 2017... I think you're absolutely fucking wrong. I think I'm at- you are entitled to your wrong opinion, but just know that it is wrong. They have a stacked lineup, no matter which way you cut it. Any any fucking lineup can be stacked when you're stealing signs all goddamn game. Watch, I'm telling you, they're going to be just fine. I'm telling you, Altuve is going to hit for average. No, he's not. George Springer is going to make great plays. He's in not the even of average height. Oh, that's true. <laughs> that's true. <laughs> um, but. Yeah, that doesn't my matter. Fucking, my 13-year-old daughter is taller than Jose Altuve. Altuve, in his little bitty frame, has more power than... That's not fair. When you're fucking five foot tall and you got a fucking four-foot strike zone, that's bullshit. He hits dingers as good as anybody in baseball. I don't care that he's short. He's going to hit for average this year. That Astros team is going to hit just as well as they have in any of the past four seasons. If they tell me what fucking pitch is coming, I'm going to hit dingers too, stupid. I don't think you are. Oh, I'm going to. You've seen me hit. I can do pretty good. You can hit, but I don't think you can hit a 93-mile-per-hour slider. We'll I, see. Even if you know it's coming. We'll see. 
Well, f- put me in the cages, bitch. The Astros are going to win 95 games this Wrong. year. They're going to run away with the Wrong. AL West. And they are going to go to the ALCS against Wrong. the Yankees. They're not even going to make no. the playoffs. I, w- I was actually just thinking about this, and I don't know why this didn't occur to me sooner. You were thinking about this while you were in the bathroom? <laughs> I don't know why this didn't occur to me sooner, but I have a feeling one of the, f- oh, the first-round matchups this year. You heard it here first, folks. Is going to be the Yankees and the Twins. Wow. And the Twins are going to beat the Yankees in a division. Oh, my God. They down. could. The twins, the twins are good, and they've gotten better. Sit down. You can't ignore them. There's no way we they... talked about it a year ago that we thought the Twins were going to do something. That, well, we, we said they were going to do better than they did, but they still impressed last year. The only they didn't impress as well as you and I thought they would. The Yankees aren't going to do anything this year. We're just going to put that The up. Yankees? Yeah, they're not. They're losing way too many players already. Yeah, and, and they've already lost Severino for the year. They can go on a run though. He's because he's gonna need. They're gonna win the East. Stanton. Hank Steinbrenner still has a fucking wallet and a gold card. Stanton can't fucking stay healthy for more than a game. Yeah, at a he time. is glass bones. Stanton isn't he? I don't know what happened to him because he wasn't that injury prone when he was in Miami. Not at all. So I don't know what happened. Well, I don't know what's in the water in fucking Yankee fuckingville over there. Maybe he but. needed Yelich. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, or Ozuna yeah. or how, are, how many great players were on that team? Sounds oh like Aaron God. Judge is going to miss a bunch of time. Yeah, Aaron Judge. Is, well, now they're yeah they're expecting a shoulder with him. And I think they got another pitcher that's already out for a while. Yeah, I don't Tanaka. Um, no. no, well Tanaka Tanaka's. I don't remember. As it stands it a, right now, Tanaka's going to be the number two because of Severino going down. Tanaka's going to be opening day. Garrett Cole's going to pitch yeah. opening day in the second game of the season. Tanaka's taking him out. Will Garrett Cole be good this year? Oh, fuck yeah. I it's think Garrett so. Cole. I think he takes a step down. It's Garrett Cole. I don't, I don't think so. He's going I to step think, up. I think his mentality, He's his preparation. now without the beard. It's, it, that was a weird fucking photo. He looks hideous now. But he does. I, I, truly, I truly believe that he, really he, is, he is the kind of player that... The, the press and the lights and the demands of playing in New York, I don't think it's going to affect him. He's going to be so just as good. He is going to be just as good. I think he's going to have a tougher time just for the fact that he's in a tougher division. I don't think so. I don't think he's going to be as good as last year. He's not going to go, what, 58 innings or something with a strikeout every inning? I don't think that's going to happen. We're not going to see that kind of streak this year from Garrett Cole. I think he'll still be in a mid, like a, a low threes for the ERA. Like a 320-something. I think he'll have a shitload of strikeouts. I don't, I don't know if he'll eclipse 220, but he's going to have a great year. But I don't, I don't think he's going to be as good, and I don't think he wins a Cy Young in New York. I don't. I, I, I think he's going to take a step back, but he'll still be really good. Oh, uh, James Paxton is the other pitcher that's hurt for... Uh, okay. Man, he was games. so good with Seattle, man. He's a good fucking pitcher. And Aaron Hicks is also out. Yeah, what is with that team and their training staff? I would I would fire that whole training staff already before the season and get some new guys in there. It looks like Paxton will be back end of April. Hicks he was a good guard with the Bulls. Hicks will be out until, <laughs> until July. <laughs> Severino's out for the season. Stanton's questionable for the start of the season. 
and they're saying Judge is probable for start of season, but it's a shoulder injury, so they're checking it out now. Yeah. All all of that hype going into spring training, where where they their roster on paper everything looked good. That's how it is every now year. now yeah. they're going. You know, we're we're yeah. a week into playing games in spring training, and that just kind of crumbled. Yeah, it's done. Just like a fucking piece of paper. Yeah, yeah and that's the, that's the thing. I mean, the Yankees do. They, They've always got the, the, the people on paper, but this is supposed to really be the year. They got Garrett Cole. They got the pitching finally. They've always had the lineup, but they finally got the pitching, and this was supposed to be the year. It was all supposed to culminate. This was supposed to be the Yankee season, but the Mets are the New York team, man. No. Really. Yeah. The Mets are no, winning the East. because the Yankees still got Garrett Cole. The Mets are he's winning gonna the ca- Ooh, He's going to carry him. Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom? Garrett Cole. You're out of your mind. J- Garrett Cole or Jacob DeGrom? Garrett Cole. No other Career choice. wise, DeGrom. Yeah, DeGrom is the better pitcher historically. Wrong. By far. Check the numbers. I don't need to You got a laptop in front of you. Check DeGrom the would retire right now as a Hall of Famer. So would Garrett Cole. No, he wouldn't. Yes, he would. He played in Pittsburgh. Yeah, I know that. <laughs> That's sad. Dude, Jacob DeGrom is one of the. Of a, what a waste of talent. 2018 was one of the best seasons by a pitcher of all time, and that was Jacob DeGrom, despite the 10 and 9 record. He was insane. Jacob DeGrom has a career 262 ERA. 262. What's his war? Do you have 34.9. Already! What's Garrett Cole? I'm, I'm checking that. He's getting there. He's no, getting there. <laughs> Thank He's God. I like this high tech uh, five I tool. I don't. I don't even care what the stats are. What do you got? Three twenty two career ERA, twenty four point oh WAR. Three twenty two, really? That's yep. good. That's really good. I mean, that's but, still good. But, but Jacob DeGrom, two six two. Yep. When you compare Ooh. those two numbers, the has got Cy Young. Garrett Cole doesn't have one, does he? Not Did he yet. win one? He's getting one. This Who year? won it for the AL last year? Verlander, did I thought AL. Yeah. Oh, yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I was going to say, isn't Verlander in the AL? <laughs> I don't know what I was thinking. I was thinking Kershaw for some reason. But, yeah, that, that no, war difference. That, that's a big difference. That's almost a full point. What was Garrett's war again? I don't remember. 34 point... Garrett Coles is 24.0. 24. So, t- 10 point difference. Which is a lot in war. Yeah. And in ERA, I mean, it's almost a full point difference. Okay, but let's look at the stats. Plus, just they got Cindergard. Look at the stats just for Garrett Cole in Houston, and then that's those, true. His those same years for Degrom. Let's look at them fucking differences. I guarantee Degrom hasn't had a down year in years. I guarantee they're going to be a lot fucking closer than the career stats. Yeah, I'd agree. I'd agree. What do you got for 29? Or, yeah, well, and Garrett Cole's got one more year in, in the league. Garrett Cole came in in 2013 and DeGrom wow, came I in thought in 2014. De, I thought DeGrom was in longer. So, did I. so he's got way more war he's in got less seven, time. Yeah. DeGrom's got, or uh, Cole's got seven. Seven years in. Are we going to get to Tony Romo? No, because nobody, <laughs> nobody even cares about Tony Romo. <laughs> Tony who? <laughs> fucking guy. I'm sure Seamus wants to talk to him, talk about him, because he's got that fucking cowboy symbol on his Facebook page. Like I ever... What? <laughs> you got that star as your profile picture. Yeah, that's for my son. Your son's a Cowboys fan? No, he's... <laughs> I, I, I'm not he's even... He's a Romo fan? I'm not even going to go with this. Why not? Save it for the show. Save it for the show. This is the show. I'm not going to go with this. <laughs> 
fucking Penguins fans. Penguins Don't fans. shut your fucking <laughs> hole. Yeah, uh, Seamus is a big, big Pittsburgh Penguins fan. Paul Fuck Seif, you'll you. like that. Fuck you. Paul Seif's a big Penguins fan. What's going on over there? Fuck the Penguins. Now, what were you wanting me to look at with Degrom? His time, well, the time with the Mets is his whole career. Yep. Yeah, but I'm talking just from when Garrett Cole's been with the so Astros. The last two years. Oh, okay. And, yeah, so the last two years of both. So one of them's a Cy Young year for Degrom. The last two years for last year, I thought, right? Did he win it last 18. year? Twenty eighteen. Garrett uh, Degrom went ten and nine. He had a one seven zero ERA. <laughs> what about last thirty two starts? What about what about nineteen? Eleven and eight last year with a two forty three. Jesus, hold on, say it again. For the people in the back that didn't hear. I'd trade Yelich for the ground. Wow. 2018 Fuck had an ass. ER in 32 starts, had an ERA of 170, 1.70. 2019, 32 starts, an ERA of 2.43. Okay, so apparently my laptop's not working. So. Well, that's because it doesn't compute such ridiculous stats. Can we move on? To what? I don't care. Move Seamus on. Seamus had stupid. something you wanted to talk about. Let's talk about it then. Seamus, you had something you wanted to discuss. Let's fucking talk about it. Oh, we and we didn't bring this. We didn't bring this up during the show. Otherwise, but um, the twenty second of this month was the fortieth anniversary of the nineteen eighty Miracle on Ice. Oh, great. what the fuck is the Miracle on Ice? <laughs> Even I know what the Miracle on Ice is. You don't. Oh, oh my God. 19, 1980 Olympics, Lake Placid, oh New York. God. I wasn't even alive yet. Yeah, neither was I. So what? It's the f- single most greatest sports moment in, in U.S. history. Whoa. Stretching. Tell us, please, tell us why the 1980, quote-unquote, miracle on ice was the greatest moment in U.S. history. First of all, you had you had the Russian hockey team, which were... Amateurs in name only. They were all enlisted in the Russian army, but all they did was play hockey. They had won the gold medal and every they won the gold medal in 64, 68, 72, 76. They were the the best of the best, and they were a juggernaut. They were unstoppable. Drago. Pretty much. <laughs> Drago on skates. <laughs> And the U.S. hockey team is a bunch of twenty-year-old. The average age, the average age of the the nineteen eighty hockey players were. That's quite a stat you're looking at. Yeah. Was twenty-one years old. Okay. Um, bunch of kids from college, primarily. University of Minnesota and Boston University. Were they also which, enlisted in the army? No. <laughs> you know, bunch of college kids. That that at that time that was the largest NC two way hockey rivalry in in the country was Minnesota and Boston. Um, and what about the Penguins. <laughs> <laughs> and nobody gave USA a chance. They they weren't even being considered. To make it to the medal round. And if they did and had to play the Russians, they were going to get slaughtered. Actually, three days before the opening ceremonies, in an exhibition, 
at Madison Square Garden, Team USA and the Russians played each other, and the Russians slaughtered Team USA 10-3. to three. Damn, a hockey score. game? Yeah. Holy fuck. Yeah. And this wasn't even the gold medal game. That's because they didn't have the Zamboni driver as the, as the goalie. <laughs> That's a great fucking story, which I, I also want to talk about that as well. Oh, great. But Hockey talk here on the 5 Here we go. I'm finally having my moment, gentlemen. Oh, jeez. But, no, it's... You, you had these kids that, you know, they, they had only... They had only even played. They had only been playing together, I think, eight months, and you had the Russian team had been skating together for at least fifteen years, and the Russian goalie uh, Tretiak, he was the greatest goalie in the world. At the end of the first period. Last minute shot, Team USA tied up the game 2-2 two to two at the end of the first period. They start the second period. A bunch of 21-year-old kids put the best goaltender on the bench. The Russian coach benched the best goalie in the world in that game. Because these, 20, these 21-year-old kids... And also, you got to think about it at the time. That was the Iran hostage situation. That was the gasoline shortage. Um... Unemployment was sky high. U.S. morale was horrible. National pride in this country sucked at the turn of the decade. And these 20 kids made people proud to be Americans again. It wasn't just a hockey game because you have the height of the Cold War. The... The, the Soviets, the Americans, the two greatest powers in the world. You had the invasion, the Russian invasion of Afghanistan. There was a lot of shit going on. And there, it wasn't a lot for Americans to be happy about, ha, uh, ha, anything to be proud of. And one night, 5 o'clock Eastern time, on a sheet of ice in Lake Placid, 20 kids made Americans happy and proud to be American again. That has not been rivaled since. Okay. Yeah, that's a, that's a, that's a compelling story for sure. But I, the, the only thing that I want to com- dispute here is that, that that's the greatest, you know, sports event in the United States sports history. I, see, I... There's so many great moments that we can allude to, and yeah, that, that one does sound great. I didn't know, I, I knew about it, but I didn't know much about it. Black Josh said he didn't know about the Miracle Ice at all. But I, I got to argue, I mean, th- there's a couple other instances that I want to bring up in American sports history that I think could rival it, or I, I think are you know, possibly bigger. Um, number one, I mean, Jesse Owens in 19, the 1936 Olympics. I mean, obviously none of us were born for that, but that was at the height of you know Hitler's power in Germany, and as a track and field runner, he beat the Nazis, and, and he was able to overtake them. And I, I think that was a big F you to fucking Nazism and, and, and you know, communist dictatorships and, and all that. And Nazism? <laughs> but, at that, but also at that point, the U.S. had not yet entered that war. The U.S. had not yet entered World War II. Right, that's true. That's true. Okay. I mean, yes, Jesse Owens was pivotal because he was a black man. Yeah, that too. Yeah. In, in in Nazi Germany. 
in Munich, very, very important, pivotal, yes. But I still say because of everything that was surrounding it, the miracle, February 22nd, 1980, that's, that's the greatest sports moment in U.S. history. What about Jackie Robinson making it to the major leagues? Not, okay, so you're talking about one isolated instant, incident or instance in, in United States history. One big, was it one game or was it a series? It was, it was one game. One game. It was just one game. But, I mean, Jackie Robinson came, broke the color barrier for, for, for baseball, which ended up, you know, you know, it brought us Hank Aaron. It brought us Barry Bonds. It brought us integration in sports for, for an entire landscape. And the implications of that have, have resonated with us forever. You know, it's, it's, it's something that wasn't just an isolated incident, that because Jackie Robinson broke that color barrier, that now sports as a whole in United States history has changed entirely because of that. Not just because it wasn't just one moment where we, you know, we beat the Soviets in one, one game in the Olympics. It was Jackie Robinson did this and, and opened the door for, for people all over the place. Yeah, but, and again, pivotal, yes. But Jackie taking the field for the Brooklyn Dodgers, it still didn't change the landscape overnight. Not overnight. After that, after that one hockey game, Immediately, there was a restoration of national pride in this country. Yeah. Immediate. Yeah, it was immediate, but how long did that last? You know, I mean, it maybe lasted a few years, and then, yeah, we obviously took, I mean, the Soviets in 1989, you know, the Berlin Wall came down and, and you know, tear down that wall and all that, but, like, what Jackie Robinson was able to do was change the, the, the landscape of sports and the idea of integration as a nation forever. That, We're still feeling that. That game. Forever. Okay, now, now I've got the scene from the Sandlot in my head. Forever. <laughs> I love that movie. Classic. Greatest baseball movie ever. Uh, Moneyball. Money. Nope. Money nope. Sandlot. We've had this debate. Number. We'll do it again. But no, that, that game... Not only did it restore national pride in this country, not only was it a bunch of amateurs beating professionals, because that's truly what they were, it opened the door for a lot of Eastern European hockey players to defect. And that also, that and at least as far as hockey goes, in my opinion, the Miracle on Ice in 1980, and the trade of Wayne Gretzky from Edmonton to the L.A. Kings. Those two moments changed the landscape of hockey in this country. And the, the Miracle changed it throughout the world. And Jackie Robinson changed it not just for baseball, but for, for all sports were resonated because of that. Willie O'Ree was the first black player in the NHL, and he, he took the ice... Before Jackie Robinson took the field. But nobody noticed because hockey didn't matter like baseball. And it still doesn't. And at this point, I mean, Al Michaels made it very, very clear in the pregame of that game, the miracle game, that there, are, there, there were probably people in those seats at that arena that, and I love his line, that didn't know the difference between a blue line and a closed line. <laughs> But it didn't matter. It was more than a hockey game to so many people. Mike Ruzioni, the captain of the 1980 hockey team, said, 
And, and they ended up having it be, Herb Brooks said it in the movie Miracle, but Mike and Ruzioni, they, they were getting telegrams from people all over the country, and they were putting them on the locker room. Mike Ruzioni said that the, the, the one telegram that impacted him the most was from a woman in Texas, and all that telegram said was, beat those commie bastards. It wasn't just hockey. And people throughout this country, at that point, Texans didn't know shit about ice hockey. But it didn't stop that one woman from sending a telegram to fucking upstate New York, encouraging them 20 boys to beat those commie bastards. That's because she's racist. <laughs> can be written. 90, over 90% of the Russian population is white. Doesn't matter, she's racist. <laughs> how do you know she was white? That's how do you know she was white that sent it? Because 90% of the population of Texas at that time there was white. There could have been one black lady who sent this telegram. Or she could have been Asian. Or Hispanic. You don't know. And I don't racist. know. But it's not it wasn't now, it had nothing to do with race. <laughs> it had nothing to do with race. You don't know that. It was political ideology. Yeah, it can't be denied that the, the, the impact the United States had, I mean, because like you said, everybody tuned in for this game. It was, it was I a, actually tried to move the game I did from 5 p.m. to 8 p.m. They, they tried to move it to prime time. And, um, then they said, oh, never mind, it's just hockey. No, the Russian head coach, <laughs> the, the coach of the Russian hockey team, was the one who... No, we will play game at game time, not moving for American TV. And made, they made him keep that, that puck drop at 5 p.m. Eastern time. A lot of the country was still at work. So what the network, I don't remember which network it was, they it taped blocked. it. Okay. And then they played it again at 8 p.m. Okay. All right. One, I got one more for you. Jackie Robinson was my second on my, on my list of the, the greatest sports moments Let's in American hear your history. First this is the first. This is not even just U.S., but this is worldwide. It changed the landscape of our lives, and everybody in the world living was the time that the Toon Squad was, was being. The Monstars came down and challenged Michael Jordan and the Toon Good Squad God. to a basketball game. And Michael Jordan and Bugs Bunny, and don't forget Tweety Bird. Okay, and Sylvester the Cat. Bill they, Murray had a, had a role. Bill Murray had a role. They saved our entire planet Game changer. from the Monstars. And we are all alive here today and breathing because of the Monstars going down to the Toon Squad. That is the single greatest, most pivotal moment in sports and world history, I will argue. You're going to say Earth history. Earth history. Galactic history. Yeah. <laughs> So with that, yeah, so everyone, I want to I get your thoughts. Jackie Robinson or the Miracle on Ice, which sports moment was more impactful in U.S. history? Because I think it, a great argument, I mean, you did a great job arguing your point. I think a great argument can be made for both. I think they were both huge, impactful moments in U.S. sports history. I, I'm, I lean towards the Jackie Robinson thing, but we want to hear your thoughts, people out there. Please comment, like, subscribe, share on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. What else are we on? That's it. That's it. Um, United Steelworkers of Wisconsin, Penguins Hockey, we're all about it here at the Five Tool Podcast. 
We're going to be out in a second. I just want to give a shout-out to Mike Wicket. Wiki Wiki, we love you, bud. Eric Agnew from the Miller Park Minute. Who else we got? Bob Dole. Bob Dole. Love you, Bob Dole. You're and sold out, brothers. My soul, oh, yeah, Jordan at the Sold Out Podcast. And Ryan Horvat will be on with us um, on Wednesday. Yes, Paul Snipe. What Ryan Horvat's going to be with us on Wednesday. He's, he's continuing with that family emergency. We're sorry we wanted to bring you him today. But he's got some personal stuff he's got to take care of, so we're all praying for him. We're also praying for the people of the Molson Chorus family that were lost early this week. Five Tool Podcast. We love you. We're out. Don't widen the plate.